Welcome to the Send Nutrition Podcast, where we discuss horse health, nutrition, training, and performance. Welcome everyone to the next episode of the Send Nutrition Podcast. You're with your host, Brian and Peter today. And today is episode 35, and we're gonna talk about horses that wind suck, and what is it that they're actually doing when they have this condition? We'll go through the causes, and is it the same as cribbing, or that term cribbing that's used around the world and, and in Australia? We're also gonna talk about management strategies and nutrition to help prevent horses from wind sucking or developing this condition as they grow up and mature into an adult horse. How are you, Peter? Brian, I'm very well today. I've promised myself there's going to be no alcohol jokes, okay, for, for this podcast. They're getting a bit old now, so I'll have to think of something else, maybe some kombucha, like you said. <laughs> um, this isn't a very common topic that comes up with phone consults or, or sort of horses of, of clients that we've dealt with or, or dealing with, but it is something I think we should address. Um, wind sucking slash cribbing. So what it is, it's basically when your horse presses his top teeth against a solid object, arches his neck, um, and swallows air in a, in a rocking motion, sort of grunting and gulping sort of noises, you know, that, that come out, that's cribbing. Um, the true cause is, is really unknown. Um, you know, there's a few theories and, and obviously we'll go, you know, we'll get into that. But things like genetics, along with stressful circumstances, appear to be, you know, the underlying causes. Yeah, with cribbing and wind sucking, they are similar behavior conditions. And I think, Peter, what we've seen in Australia is that it's a blanket term, wind sucking. So even when you sell a horse, you, it is a declarable vice. So you have to say whether it is a wind sucker or not. And that's either if it is cribbing. So cribbing is defined as if they're attached to something and sucking air, whereas wind sucking is just a, a free form of sucking in the middle of a stable or the middle of a paddock and it's it looks very uncomfortable but it's a coping mechanism what it is and we'll go through the finer details of why it may be caused in a horse is it the way they've been grown up or their environment and ways to stop this from happening or or something developing in the future for a horse i think in australia brian most people call cribbing wind sucking so i think very yep. seldom have we seen a horse that sort of stands there and, and sort of sucks air without mm. actually latching onto something so well yep. just to make it easier for our american listeners obviously it's it's cribbing but for everyone in australia and new zealand we'll sort of reference it as, as wind sucking yeah that's well put peter so the main causes of wind sucking is stress and it's the environment that is causing them to use this as a coping mechanism. This can be brought about by feeding practices that are not natural to the horse. So not offering plenty of roughage or that volume of roughage that they naturally see, restricting turnout all that time with their grassy hay. So what we've observed and what researchers in Australia and America have seen that, that stable management is partly responsible for these vices like wind sucking, cribbing, and it can be exacerbated by the horse not having continuous supply of roughage throughout the day and night. Brian, one point I'd like to make is that it's actually a very seriously addictive habit that many horses will actually prefer to do instead of eating. And this is why they, they slowly waste away. So we've, the horse that we've seen and, and obviously feedback from some performance horse trainers as well is when you've got a really serious wind sucker, they always struggle to to put condition on or, or main, sort of maintain condition. and. That's the reason where I think with, with them sort of latching onto that, that physical object, they actually get a high and it, does, it must release some sort of a, you know, feel-good hormone for them. 
Yeah, it's, it's like a maybe a coping mechanism like a kid sucking his thumb or maybe a smoker or, or something, a vice that's releasing that endorphin release just to help handle that stressful situation. But even in a non-stressful situation, they're doing it as a bad habit or out of boredom. And in human terms, maybe a, a really good gin and tonic, a real stiff one as well. <laughs> so instead of gl- grabbing a glass. <laughs> Just out of the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it back Just to joking. human terms. Um, so yeah, there is pl- plenty of evidence that suggests that horses diet plays a large role in this. And especially when younger, and we're like another broken record here, get back to basics when you're bringing up a younger horse giving him the companions in the paddock, so a herd-reliant animal, giving him their natural setting so it's less stressful, continuous grazing, and then balancing those concentrates and not relying on the hard feed as the main source of calories. Brian, it's very well summarised. I think early weaning can lead to this negative behaviour, um, you know, later in adult horses. And, you know, while there's nothing that you can do to, to change the past. You, know, you can take measures to reduce the physical discomfort and, and mental strains that contribute to wind sucking as you, as you outlined briefly. Yeah, and it would be awesome to see a study of, of this and trace back a wind sucker that is three or four or five years old and see how they've been brought up. Were they probably not the less dominant one in the pack or have they had that roughage restricted? But when you look at a horse's natural physiology and the way that they react when they're in that natural setting of grazing, they're a lot calmer, less stressed because they know they've got that 24-7 access to pasture or hay. It's got to play on their mind and, and that wind sucking with that endorphin release, it's going to lower their stress levels. So if you do lower the stress levels in a natural way by providing that natural state, that's going to prevent any of these conditions from happening at a young age younger age and then progressing into the future if we look at horses in a wild brain you know obviously you know i would think that most of them would not experience cribbing or or, or wind sucking and, and obviously i think by getting weaned too early is a is a big contributing factor in in my opinion and obviously from the research that we've looked into and i think you'd find that horses that are sort of three months or, or sort of four months would be a lot more prone to it than than a horse that's that's weaned at nine to twelve months, which which we have a few clients that actually do wean their horses at, at twelve months and mm. and have absolutely great success with. Yeah, oh, you're spot on, Peter. I'm pretty sure I've seen an article or some research that says it's not observed in the wild. So it is a man-made condition or a domesticated condition for a horse. And I think with more education in nutrition and care and management or stress management of horses, we can really reduce this down in Australia. It is around, but it isn't too prevalent. But we do, I think this podcast has come about with a couple of clients that have visited and asked us to do one on the ins and outs of wind sucking and how to prevent it. Brian, very well summarised. And I think you've gone through briefly to, to sort of give a few tips from, from my end and, and the research that I've sort of done into it is access to, to graze and, and roam, obviously, you know, the horse get a bit paranoid if they know that the, the hay or pasture will be taken away from them, as, as we mentioned briefly, which causes stress, cortisol and everything like that. So by letting them graze and sort of unlimited and, and roam, um, it can be remarkable the effect on stopping this habit. You know, if, if this is not feasible, you know, try to give them as much outdoor space as possible. Um, you know, if pasture is not there, try to keep a hay bag in front of them 24 seven, you know, they're not going to be looking then for other things to do. It's going to keep them sort of preoccupied. As you mentioned, you know, don't isolate the horse because they are going to be stressing. 
um, but also you know consider ulcers um, sort of stress for stress forage restriction and stalling can lead to ulcers um, cribbing is often uh, you know an end result of that as well yeah that's right peter so the causes that bring on wind sucking are nearly the same or similar causes of ulcers so they can go hand in hand but not only that as a symptom looking at the overall horse if it's dropped weight poor coat or dull or if their temperament is off and the performance it'll all be that piece of the puzzle for ulcers and then ultimately you'll look at the diet and see if it's an ulcer friendly diet or not yeah well said Brian, let's give maybe our, our listeners the silver bullet to cure this problem, which we know doesn't exist. But um, so there's only a couple of options really to, to assess. So maybe we'll, we'll look at the standpoint from, from a nutritional sort of point of view. So what we'd recommend is um, the basic nutritional management to try to cure, you know, if it is also sort of related. So as we said, free choice hay, um, access to, to, to water at all times, avoid starchy feeds such as sort of oats, barley and what so forth and even sweet feeds, um, just to restore the microbial populations through, through the probiotic use. On the flip side is um, cribbing collars. And look, personally, we've, we've had a horse um, that we have as a broodmare that was a terrible windsucker. Um, and I will give the gentleman a plug from, from the Barclay collars. Um, we did buy one, we did use it, and we did have success with it. Mm. Um, it did eliminate the problem in, in a stable environment. We have had clients that have that have used the Barclay collar and that have not had success. I think you know it's not a one size fits all. What works for one will not work for the other one. Um, the collar obviously is not as evasive as as some of those other collars that are out there that sort of chafe the horse and and rub it so it sort of you know almost starts to bleed, which we don't obviously recommend. Um, but we have had success with this Barclay collar. So if anyone's out there that's looking for a cure and is just overlooking at their horse, you know, cribbing all day, every day, 24 seven. Um, we've had success with it. So we would recommend it as a, as a, as a last resort to try. Yeah, it's sort of trying to break that habit and that cycle. So obviously we ticked our nutrient nutrition box and the management of the horse just to bring it into a less stressful environment, high fiber, low starch, low sugar, feeds and it does reduce it to a point but it doesn't fully eliminate it although some some of our clients have reported they have eliminated with proper fiber and getting that hindgut environment really right it's it's shown really good positive signs in the behavior of these older horses that were wind sucking but going back to the collar it's just trying to get the horse into a more comfortable state breaking that cycle and then hopefully it's they only really rely on it in real stressful situations and not on a daily use. We did inherit that horse already as yeah. a windsucker, so and it, and it was an older horse, obviously set in its ways. Did come from a big farm. Too. It did come from a big yeah. farm, but but the collar did work, and, and yeah. obviously it you know I think it's more to break that that habit, break that cycle, and and as I said, some horses will adapt instantly, and others you know they're just too far sort of set in their ways that that nothing will break that bad habit, unfortunately. Yeah, there's another angle to to all this with with horses that windsuck. So some people actually like horses in performance that windsuck because they can go and continually get through a routine and show this in their temperament behavior. So if they're shown something or shown to do a performance, they'll actually stick to it. So it's something in their mental capacity that may be enhanced. If the horse is maintaining good condition, good weight, not showing any other signs of ulcers, but they still just wind suck, 
then there's really no cause for concern. The horse is going to do it. It may not look good, but it's just part of their makeup. It's what who they are, and it's just up to the owner to just manage around it and and make sure their base diet is all good. If you're ticking every other single box, then a horse that is wind sucking is not a problem. And what we've heard is a lot of good performance horses actually do wind suck. And it's up to the individual owner of, of how they manage them. Brian, there's an old wives tale that if you put a wind sucker next to a, a horse that's not a wind sucker, that they're gonna catch it or, or sort of pass it onto it. The issue is if, you, if you've got a horse that's wind sucked and then it, then the horse next door in a stable or in the paddock has, you've got to look at your environment. There's, there's something that's stressing them out. The other horse is not teaching them to do it. It's got to be coming down to that whole horse management and reducing stress levels, but then also look at your nutrition, making sure that's taking all the boxes for digestive health and promoting that inner health from inside. Yeah, Brian, it's very well summarised. Um, any other points that you'd like to cover or is this going to be a, a short and sweet one today? This, this could be quite short and sweet, Pete. The only other thing that you may come across with a horse that cribs or wind sucks is that colic risk. And researchers are still working on understanding if it does cause a type of colic, but the, the connection between the two is still very unclear and that cribbing and wind sucking doesn't cause or does it cause colic or not? So when looking at each horse, obviously you're looking at it as an individual. So in summary, there's been a few studies in in the vet literature that has demonstrated an association between colic and cribbing. But then there's also many cases that have shown that horses that crib or wind suck don't have any problems with colic. So even with conditions like colic, it's a multifactorial condition. There are many factors that is involved in even that wind colic type. If you do have a wind sucker that is colicking, you gotta look at your, your feed and your environment, especially to see if this is the first trigger. Also, I think, Brian, trying to eliminate stress or, or stressful environment, stressful behaviour in, in general. Obviously, as you mentioned, horses in a wild don't have this behaviour. So by us taking those horses, you know, domesticating and putting them in a, in a confined environment, some are going to deal with it better than, than others. And, and it's, you know, it's those ones that can't deal with it are the ones that are going to be more prone. So we want to eliminate you know, the things that could go wrong. And, and as you said, with roughage, obviously, you know, having a, a diet high in fibre to keep that, that microbiome population really, you know, really healthy, trying to avoid starchy feeds. Um, and, you know, just trying to get a plan protocol, basically, to from when a horse comes into to that environment to when it leaves, that it's going to have at, as least stress as possible. Yeah, 100%, Peter. Boredom is one of the biggest factors of wind sucking. And the longer the time they can keep grazing, the longer they're chewing. So that's gonna keep that stomach acid environment in a less acidic state because of the, the saliva production, because longer chewing time, it promotes more saliva. So keeping the horse active, it's gonna to lead to less stress, less depression, and it'll have a really positive impact on their behavior and also that wind sucking condition and helping prevent that. It's well said, Brian. I mean, even in human terms, you know, like if we're bored, you know, we start looking at things to do and, you know, you might reach out for a Midori, you know, I might grab a, an organic green tea, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, we've all got different sort of, you know, pros and cons. So 
it's the same with the horses. When they're bored, they've got no food. You know, they start, you know, looking at what they can do to keep themselves occupied. And, and it's probably good that, that, that we do try to emphasise the, the roughage at all times. I'm not sure where this Midori thing has come from because... Um, <laughs> I can't remember. Maybe it was schoolies when I had my last Midori. Brian, twenty years ago, you, you're, you're trying to you're trying to tell us how young you are. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, but yeah, I think I think that was that's about it, Peter. I think um, yeah, with horses that are wind sucking and cribbing, it is quite harmless in the end. It's only an issue if they're going to start losing condition, or or they start the development of ulcer symptoms from it. But then that's that's a feeding management and environmental factor which can be fixed. So it is a preventable condition. Getting those principles right from a young age is really important. And if you do and if you do inherit one that does wind suck, it's not the end of the world. They can still perform at that top level and it's just all about looking after them. So I think yeah yeah, I think that'll be it for today. That's very well summarised, Brian. Look, I don't have anything sort of further to, to add from what, from what you've said. So yeah. So if you've got a windsucker or a cribbing horse and you want more diet advice, you can go to our diet analysis page on our website and we can give you more ideas on how to manage your particular environment because every horse is different. If you've got any more podcast topics, just send them through. We might, have, we might ask the users group if they've got anything that we'd like to cover and deep dive. And we, we've been busy working in the background. We've got a whole new website. We've got a new parent logo for our company, so Send Nutrition. And then we'll have the offshoots for the, the Send Horse and the Send Dog, which is really growing and, and a lot of people getting results with their dogs as well. So the Send products are really well respected in the horse and dog industry for their quality and their effect and the end result. And they can be integrated in any diet. I think that, I think that about wraps it up, Brian. Yep. So we'll have another podcast to you really soon. Thanks, Thanks everyone. Thanks, guys. Cheers.